G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. We are going to talk some F1. He went to Renault, he's gone to McLaren, he's going to get the victory now. It's McLaren and Ricardo that win the Italian Grand Prix. Lando Norris comes home to make it a 1-2 for the men from Woking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <he did> <laughs> yep. The high of the highs for Daniel Ricciardo, winning at Monza to become McLaren's only race winner for a decade. But the laughs have dried up in recent time for both the team and the highly popular Danny Rick. Results have been hard to come by, and after a lot of consideration, the team and Daniel have decided this will be the last in the famed McLaren. Luke Smith is a gun F1 reporter for Autosports, and he's on the line with us now. Morning, Luke. Appreciate your time, mate. Uh... Some interesting news coming out of the F1. Daniel Ricciardo and McLaren splitting ways, mate. Is it a happy relationship uh, ending? Uh, good morning, guys. Yeah, it's pretty pretty big news. I think not surprised. The writing's been on the wall for a few years now. We've known that they were talking behind scenes about a way to part company at the end of the season. It comes a year before Daniel's contracts. And, uh, yeah, I think they've try putting a positive spin on everything and they've said look it's the best move for both parties we know daniel's a pretty significant payout so he's uh scrapping around next season but uh yeah it's uh, definitely a big surprise it was a obviously big high at monza hearing that commentary again it's uh, really amazing just how things have turned around but the team has been pretty clear and that's why i push for a change Hey Luke, is uh, is he considered by the the diehard Formula One fans as a good bloke? Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, Dan is like hugely across the world. We see. Uh, we'll just try to get we'll try to get Luke back on a phone line there. That's just a little bit of shoddy internet. We'll just give him a bell on his mobile and see if we can uh, get him, get him back that way. He is a, he's a hell of a bloke. I think the the funny thing and Aroha will be um will will want to chime in here because he. Back in the early days of Drive to Survive, where the big teams didn't want to uh, contribute, he was kind of the star of the initial Drive to Survive, and I think that's kind of where he shot to fame and where a lot of the love came from. But he's just the happiest-go-lucky Australian guy. But he was also ruthlessly fast early days with Red Bull before Max Verstappen came around, and he was a weapon out there. So a little bit of a different version of him nowadays. Yeah, anyway. That's just my thoughts on it, Kimby. Oh, I thought you were talking to Smith. I thought you were talking to Luke. Sorry, mate. Yeah, no. look, honestly. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, mate. I'm just waiting. This is so weird. Is he coming on soon shortly? I can't wait. Uh, mate, honestly, yeah, look, I was watch- I've, I've become a big fan, and Luke's just joined the show now. Luke, we asked you the question, is he really liked on, on the Formula One driver standings? Do people still love him? 
Oh, they do. Yeah, yeah. Sorry about dropping out there, but uh, yeah, no, no way. People really do love Dan. We've seen that on Netflix, and I think the other big thing is that everyone knows just how good he is as a racing driver. He he scored eight wins. He was brilliant with Red Bull. Uh, he took took the fight really closely to Max Verstappen, who's now world champion. So we know what he can do. I think that's why it's such a surprise things haven't worked out with McLaren. But yeah, he's definitely the kind of bloke. Cause I think everyone hopes he lands a really good drive for next season and stays on the grid because I think him being in Formula One, it just makes Formula One a, a better place, really. Mate, what, what is it with Daniel Ricciardo? Um, you know, he's he's obviously been there. He's, he's won, and he knows the feeling of winning, and you can't coach that. You know, you've got to have that that instinct. You've got to have that ability. For him, uh, you know, what, what's the reason for this current form drop-off? I think it's just really down to, to the car. Like, the car just doesn't adjust to his driving style, and he's really struggling to get to grips with it. And every single Formula 1 car is different. It's got its own characteristics. The McLaren, it's really good on high-speed corners, but less good on sort of, like, medium and slow-speed corners. And even Ricardo's teammate, Lando Norris, he says it's a very difficult car to drive. And Norris has outscored Ricardo this season, got a podium earlier this year. So it's not really like it's not like he's saying one thing and Daniel's saying completely the other. It's just that Lando's more able to adjust himself, I think, to the car. So I think that's really what it's down to. And I think we've seen in the past that yeah, you give Daniel the right car, he can be really quick and really, really strong. And uh, I I expect to see that wherever he ends up next season, as long as things uh, fit a little bit better. But yeah, that's really what it's down to. It's literally just the car that hasn't gelled well with him. He struggles to get to grips with it, and uh, that's made him uh, yeah struggle perform so much. Hey, Luke, who's who's McLaren got lined up to replace him? So it's looking like it'll be another Australian, a young guy called Oscar Piastri. So he won the Formula Two last season. He's got a really really good junior record, and people have been eager to get him into Formula One for some time. Um, he looked like he was going to race for Alpine, which is the team that has helped him all the way through his career. But uh, because they were taking so long to basically work out what they were doing, they looked like they were going to try and keep Fernando Alonso, but then he made a shock switch over to Aston Martin. And basically that part sort of went on so long that Piastri was like, well, I'm going to look at other options. And McLaren, they, they, they can see his talent. He's really young. He's only 21 years old. So I think he'd be a really good addition. But uh, yeah, it looks like they're going to swap one Australian for another, although there is a bit of contractual uh, drama between uh, Alpine and McLaren over where Piastri will be racing because Alpine keeps saying, well, no, he's our driver and we're going to have him for next year. So, uh, but it's a plan, though, to get Piastri in the car. Mate, for such a, a, a big, a giant in the car manufacturing world as you've got McLaren, where, where are the bosses? Are they under pressure? Zach Brown and, and, and the team that haven't been able to create a car to fit the driver's needs, you know, like this, obviously they've got quality drivers, but the cars are reacting. So where does Zach Brown and McLaren go? Yeah, I think there's definitely, definitely some questions they're going to be asking themselves. And they said it's a pretty sad day for McLaren that it's come to this with such a great driver like Daniel, because they should have been able to give him the car where he could, yeah, fight for wins regularly and, and be at the front. And McLaren, I mean, they're a team that they can't quite compete with the likes of Ferrari and Mercedes and Red Bull because They've not got the budget. They've not got the facilities. And it's going to take a few years, I think, for everything to really get up to speed on the front for them. So I think for now, they're trying to sort of be best of the rest and do what they can. But uh, yeah, I mean, this year looks like they're probably going to finish fourth in the championship, which is 
down from third a couple of years ago and they were fourth last year and um, yeah, they might even sit fifth this year. So it's, it's definitely something they've got to look at how do they stop this kind of decline and how do they make sure they get the car right for next season because they went into this year saying, look, we've got a new car, we want to make sure it's drivers and we get rid of those sort of kinks and characteristics that don't quite add up with uh, what the drivers want and clearly that happens so uh, yeah I don't think they're quite under any pressure yet but I think they're definitely going to be looking at this whole scenario and uh, yeah particularly if you're the, the big bosses in the car and you're going to say that signing Ricardo ended up being quite an expensive uh, experiment that didn't really come off Hey Luke there's always stories going on in the F1 give us a storyline we can look forward to next week uh, this week, um, well, I think let's keep an eye out for what um, we might see another couple of manufacturers coming in. We've got uh, Porsche and Audi. They're both looking like they're going to announce and join the grid in the near future pretty soon. So that'll be a really big boost uh, for Formula One. And uh, I think otherwise, on track, let's look at the, the title fight. You know that Max Verstappen, he's built up a, a really big lead for Red Bull. He's performing very, very well. Ferrari, they've got to try and get their act together because they've had a yeah, pretty poor run of races. So uh, I think it'll be interesting how Ferrari can maybe bounce back. We've got three races in three weeks now, so it's going to be a really busy period. And I think it'll be really interesting just how it might swing the championship one way or another and whether by the end of this three weeks, Verstappen's well out of sight and will be well on his way to the title. We've spoken so much, Luke, about the exponential growth that um, Formula One's gone through since the drive to survive phenomenon, and even before that, just under really hit its straps. So, the expansion when 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 new manufacturers want to come in, are there only a certain amount of licenses the governing body can actually give to manufacturers, or are they talking about actually expanding the grid? Uh, yeah, so it is limited at the moment to 10 teams, and that's basically because they kind of protect everyone and make sure there's a, a franchise value. Similar thing we see in NFL. I don't know about um, Aussie rules or anything like that, but you can only have so many teams, and that kind of means that as the pot grows and all of the teams grow in value as well. So uh, with Porsche, they're going to be working with Red Bull, it looks like. Audi are going to be working with the Sauber team that's based in Switzerland because that's the only way they can get on. And uh, for any other new teams, like you hear, there's an American team called Andretti. They really want to get an F1 team set up. But basically, all the other teams are saying, well, hang on a minute, why should we give you a slice of our prize money just because you join the grid unless you prove you're basically going to grow the pot and grow the pie and make everyone uh, more well off? So, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's an interesting system. We've only got 10 teams at the moment. But I think as we see more manufacturers coming in, more showing an interest, and also like more drivers. Like there are so many drivers who you would say are F1 quality, but there's only 10 teams, there's only 20 seats. So it's uh, a big challenge for them. But yeah, at the moment, it's limited to 10. We'll see if that changes in the future. Well, one of those drivers potentially, and hopefully Liam Lawson, from way down under here in New Zealand. We're very proud of him. <laughs> hopefully he can go on and have a... Have a crazy and stellar F1 career. Quickly, uh, Toto Wolf, Mercedes boss, is he happy? How's he going with the current situation? Obviously, Mercedes second and third with George Russell and, and Lewis Hamilton at the Hungarian Grand Prix. Mate, is that relationship still strong? And can we see Lewis getting back to where he's been before? Yeah, I think it is very strong. Uh, they said that having these struggles this year, it's not really a, a bad thing in terms of sort of learning how to become a better team and how to grow stronger. And the fact that Mercedes started the year so far off the pace 
and they've managed to take these big step forwards. I think they've scored like six podiums in a row. So I think it's, it's looking promising. Like you see these great sort of sporting dynasties, they'll win lots of championships in a row and then all of a sudden it, it takes a bit of a dip. And I think that's when Mercedes are right now. But they've not forgotten how to win championships or how to win races. And in Lewis Hamilton, you've got one of the greatest drivers of all time. So you can never really write them off. But I think that, yeah, it's been a bit of a tough year for them. But I think they are through the worst of it now. And I think they're going into the second half of the season thinking, right, let's really take the fight to Ferrari and Red Bull. We're not going to win a championship this year. But if we can get maybe a couple of race wins, that would be a really good statement to make. And then put all focus on to next year. And then hopefully be able to, uh, yeah, fight once again for a championship. You need to unstop Max. Uh, I don't think so, sadly. As much as I would love to see the championship go right the way to the wire once again, I think that, yeah, just Max, he's not making any mistakes right now. That's the thing. He's in such good form. He's in a really good groove. Ferrari keep dropping the ball just when they've got a chance to, to win a race. But, uh, yeah, I think it's going to take something very special to stop Max. And uh, it wouldn't surprise me if we, yeah, in a few weeks' time, we're talking about his lead being well over 100 points. And then it's really a matter of when, not if, he wins a second championship. Beautiful. Luke Smith of Autosport, we appreciate you coming on, mate. Formula One reporter and giving us a good insight to what's unfolding there with McLaren and Daniel Ricciardo and some new teams, Porsche. Oh, it'll be good to see them on the on the grid. Thank you so much, Luke. Appreciate your time. Thank you, boys. Have a good day. There is Luke Smith. That was good, mate. Porsche. Have they ever been a part of the Audi. Formula One? I don't think they Audi, have. Porsche. I don't, mm. I, I don't think they have, but someone will correct me on double eight, double three. Isn't that interesting what he's saying that there are? Because that's what I thought they would have to cap the licenses, so you could because you wouldn't want to all of a sudden like expansion. A lot of these they they expand eventually, but you wouldn't want to all of a sudden say there are twenty teams in F one, mm. would you? Because it devalues what it is. So obviously they're going to have to yeah. attach themselves to already people with the licenses and cut a deal, and that's the, what the manufacturers have to find and do. The politics of it and the kind of business of it is really interesting, Kempi, because well, I think they see it as dollar signs at the moment with the coverage they get. Yeah, look, while he was talking, uh, that's what I was thinking. Like, man, the money that these guys put into the sport like where it comes from, is it, is, it, is it solely media rights or is it just su- supported by multi-billionaires? Well, the guy that Aston Martin dude, um, the st- uh, Stroll, isn't it? Um, he yeah, yeah. he is he pretty much has he's like the major stakeholder in Aston Martin. I'm pretty sure he's worth gazillions, and he just poured into it. Then there was the Russian bloke who um, just poured so much money into it to get his son in the seat, and he obviously that didn't work out well for them. But yeah, kind of a bit of both, I think. Is he? Yeah, there is a bit of both, and, and there is so much money. That, that Stroll obviously owns Aston Martin. He's got his son uh, riding uh, for Aston, driving for Aston Martin at the moment. And it just shows, eh, like 20 seats. You've got to be very good, and uh, Liam Lawson is obviously very, very good. 20 seats out of the world? Like, pff, crazy. If you think, I want to ask Aroha when we come back. I know we're going to get off for, off the back fence, but Aroha, there's Team Haas. And these Williams, they're probably the minor teams. Williams has so much history. Can you get rid of them? Can someone replace Williams? And, and which is who have been there pretty much from the start. And then you've got Haas, who have always been struggling. What, so, which team did you yeah. want to know about? What did you want to know, Izzy? Oh, oh just just if like Haas and Williams, um, they're probably like the teams. Team Haas and Team Williams are struggling. 
They've always struggled. So no, if a they new haven't. team comes in, do they, they haven't. They haven't they always struggled. Um, Williams used to be a, a championship winner. They, they just yeah, a few yeah. years ago, but right now but, they've kind of turned into. I know it sounds silly, but they they look like a development team. A couple of years mm. ago, they weren't doing so well. Um, Haas did really, really well at times before their drivers kind of blew up all their cars all the time. And um, I guess with those two teams, they look like they're around the bottom, but the new versions of cars means mm. the Haas has been quite competitive through the middle pack, and they brought one of their the drivers they booted out, unceremoniously booted out of the competition. They, they dragged him back in when Nikita Mazepin, who's a Russian driver, his father's a Russian oligarch and had been sponsoring the team, they cut ties with that sponsorship when the Ukraine invasion happened. Porsche has been uh, part of Formula One before too, but I think like back in the 40s or 50s, I right. think. And there used to be more teams, many more teams. And even just a few years ago, anyone who was watching when Red Bull was peaking, they'll remember, and before, they'll remember teams like Marussia um, and Caterham, who, who don't exist anymore and actually went through hard times. And sometimes they struggled to get one one car on the track at some races, but there were like 24 drivers out on the track sometimes. Yeah, that's right. And um, Chris says, is there only 10 cars that race at a time? Well, no, every team has two cars out there well, until until Haas drives theirs into the wall. Um, and Stop that. that. Uh, yeah, sorry. 23 and a bit past <laughs> yeah, but, uh, seven does Porsche come this morning. In, yes. Do those two teams replace them? Do they no. Porsche replace those two? We'll come back. We'll come back to it. We'll, we'll circle back to that one and we'll get to that a little bit later. Um, 24 minutes past seven. We'll get to Kempi's off the back fence after this. Here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.